Sometimes I tell myself I'm leaving And I'd like to think I could really go But it's just my pride that I'm deceiving Cause deep inside Remember, 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 remember,
Success series. We just got finished listening to Larry Chance and the Earls. Remember then and from the heart. New music. From Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, his career didn't take off until at age 15. His parents moved he and the family to the Bronx. And he's been going strong ever since. We talk about his new music, appearances, television, and in person. This is just such a fun interview. Larry and I are coming at you right now. Where is Larry Chance from? Uh, I live in the Catskill Mountains in Monticello, New York area. Wow. And were you always a, a New Yorker? Were you military, Brett? Um, have you traveled around? Um, what's your background? I grew, up in, I grew up in South Philadelphia, Pennsylvania until I was 15. At 15 years of age, the family moved to the Bronx, New York. Uh, where I later formed the Earls. And um, a number of years ago, I moved to the Catskill Mountains when all the performers were here, but Joan Rivers, and I, I, I wanted the opportunity to open for all these people, which I did for many years. I opened for Joan Rivers, for uh, Milton Burrow, Alan King, and uh, it was a wonderful experience. Yes, and you're mentioning the Catskill Mountains. Uh, they had quite a few um, nightclubs and hotspots and tourist attractions in the Catskills at that time. You're talking about Will Milton Girl and, and many of the performers, including Wilt Chamberlain, uh, would play. Is it the Kushner um, Resort, by chance? Yes, there were more than 200 at that time. Wow. And now there's, yeah, believe it or not, there's one left. The Villa Roma Resort in Calicoon, New York. From 200 down to one. 
Wow. That's a piece of history. I saw a documentary on um, basically how it was an attraction within an attraction when you had all the performers there. But let's get back to Philadelphia. You said that, uh, interesting thing, at 15, you left Philadelphia, and it was probably during the time they had bandstand and uh, how um, Philly is a, a haven for not only doo-wop groups, just music in general. Um, what was it like growing up seeing the burgeoning rock and roll scene? Well, I grew up in an area that spawned many, many uh, performers in South Philly. A lot of comics like uh, David Brenner was from that area. Then you had people like Mario Alonzo from that area. Um, many doo-wop groups such as the Turbans. Uh, I got to... Um, Sing with people on the corner as a child, and, and um, just you, you mentioned bandstand. I got to go there once. I was on 50th of Market, I believe it was, and um, I remember thinking someday I'm going to come back here as a performer. And sure enough, in 1961, by then it had gone national, became American bandstand, hosted by Dick Clark. And I got to go back and perform on it a number of times. I remember once with Chuck Jackson, another time with the Shirelles, and uh, uh, one of my dream co- it was a dream come true. Awesome. So you get to New York City, and I'm sure that the vibe between Philly and the Bronx is different. How is it different? It really wasn't that much different. I went from one little area, a little kind of a little Italy area to uh, another little Italy area, and uh, basically the same. Uh, the um, <laughs> the accent was slightly different, but other than that, um, pretty much the same. Pretty much the same. Getting into the music industry at that time, what is the scene like before the Earls? And before you knew that you uh, wanted to uh, be a performer? Well, I knew I wanted to be a performer in the third grade. We did a uh, field trip to New York to the Easter show, I believe it was, at Radio City Music Hall. And I remember sitting in the audience in third grade and looking on that stage and saying, someday I'm going to be on that stage. Again, another dream come true. I got to perform at Radio City Music Hall a number of times. So um, I'm very, very uh, lucky indeed to have have lived some of my dreams. But I've always wanted to... uh, Uh I've always wanted to be an entertainer for for as long as I can remember. The forming of the Earls, did you ever want to be a solo before the Earls, or did the Earls happen first? The Earls happened first. I, I've always uh, enjoyed harmony, you know, singing harmony. And I was originally a, a, a backup singer. The original lead singer of the, the group was a gentleman named Valentino Palillo, Val Palillo. And he moved on, and Ed Harder became the uh, lead singer. And um, I was third. What happened was we went down to uh, audition for Trade Martin and Johnny Power. And um, Eddie had a beautiful voice. He still does. Um, 
but he wasn't great at singing up-tempo songs. So the, the, um, Craig Martin said, I want you to try it. I said, well, I'm not a lead singer. He said, I want you to try it. So I tried, he said, that's the sound I'm looking for. Hence, I became the lead singer. Wow. Getting to singles on the chart, uh, back in 60, 61, um, it wasn't easy. How did they uh, put you with music at that time? Tell us the background of that. Well, I actually formed the Earls in 1957. Uh, okay. We started out singing in the boys' room at Evander Charles High School in the Bronx. And uh, we performed at places like the, the Moose Lodge and the Elks Hall and well, pretty much for all the pizza we could eat. And uh, then, um, of course, we, we auditioned for Trade Martin and Johnny Power of Rome Records. And uh, fortunately, our first recording, Life is But a Dream, made the national charts and mm -hmm. kind of put us on the road. Awesome. Now, Trade Martin, that name, he's been around for a bit. Um, those Trade, were the an incredible yeah. He's an incredible talent. He's had his own hits. And um, he's been in the top 20 himself. And uh, But he's he's a remarkable musician and, and uh, a great producer. In terms of your first hits, who were the writers? Were any of the group's members writers? Or how did they come up with the type of music that you would sing? Well, we... Uh, as I said, our first recording was Life is But a Dream, an up-tempo version of the Hot Tones classic, Life is But a Dream. And um, I started writing early on. In fact, I wrote the flip side of uh, Looking for My Baby, which was our second recording. And since then, I've written many of the songs. I co-wrote Never, which was our, our uh, follow-up hit after Remember Then. Uh huh. So I, I've done, I've done a lot of writing, and I still do. Performing these songs for the first time, what's the reaction from the people who may have doubted you, may have not uh, really taken you seriously? What were the reactions of having a hit on the charts? Well, the reaction was incredible. You know, uh, everyone took me seriously because they knew that my my heart was set on being a performer. Um, my original guys, many left the group early on. Bob Delvin retired and moved on. Uh, Ed Harder retired and moved on. John Ray retired and moved on. Um, Larry Palumbo joined the armed forces. And uh, I'm the only true original left, although... My second turn of voice and drummer, Bobby T. Trebuzio, has been with me for 59 years. Wow. Awesome. awesome. But I've, I've, always, known, I've o always known what I wanted to do. The doo-wop sound, the vocals on, on Remember Then and, and all of the hits that you, in early that you recorded in the early 60s, uh, made way for many other vocal groups and whatnot, uh, some 
you probably have toured with. The, the doo-wop sound, it's never really going to completely leave us. You have to have great vocals, really, to, to have a great song or a ballad. Um, what is your feeling on doo-wop as the 60s decade moved into different genres of music? Well, the um, British invasion kind of spelled, spelled the doom of doo-wop, actually. Uh, we're, we're almost a, 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 an entity with a, a cult following. And they're right. devoted fans, and God bless my devoted fans. They come out to see us, they support us, and they're the reason I'm still able to do what I do. Which is great. The British Your voice is amazing. Brit- <laughs> Thank you. The British invasion uh, hurt m- most of us. Many of the guys went on and retired at that time. Um, I know people like Irv Cox, the lead singer of the Cliftons, became a banker, and uh, Nick of the Capris became a police officer. Uh, the lead singer of the um, Classics became a, a police officer. But I continued on. I moved to the Catskills so I could be a solo performer when things got slow. And I also was in radio for 10 years, working with Don Imus on the Imus in the Morning Show, doing some characters. So I've always been involved in show business. It's been my life. Awesome. You just mentioned a friend of mine, Herb Cox. Funny guy. He had a great sense of humor. I miss him. Uh, He was a wonderful man, wonderful human being, and uh, we were friends for many, many years. He was uh, quite a gentleman. Did you all ever go on the road? I saw the list of people that you shared the stage with and got to meet over the decades. Uh, what was it like on the road? Uh, I was, you know, when you're young, you're loaded with energy. So we'd be up all night and uh, we'd, we'd do a lot of bus tours, one city to another, and the bus would be rocking between stops. We'd be singing harmony, 30 and 40 voices sometimes. It was just a wonderful era. Absolutely wonderful. Awesome. Awesome. And some of the venues you played that are no longer around that were just amazing. Um, and when you, when you look at, um, uh, uh, not only the Cousin Brucey shows, but Marie the K shows, what are some of the other ones that we need to know about that are awesome besides just Dick Clark? I'm sure you, you could tell. Tell us about that. Well, I remember doing things like the Buddy Dean show in Baltimore. You know, most most uh, cities on the East Coast have their own little bandstand type of show. Uh, even Zachary hosted one, which we got to do. Um, and, and, of course, uh, um, many, many radio uh, shows for people like Murray McKay and, of course, Alan Freed and Jocko Henderson, uh, he was wonderful. He might have been the original rapper. Eat to the heart. Oh, this is the Jock, and I'm back on the scene with the record machine. Playing boop, bop, the do. Uh, how do you do? And, um, you know, it was, such a, it was just a great era. It really was. I did many high-lit shows. When I was a kid, oh, I listened wow. to women. I believe it was WIBG. Oh, wow. I lit, uh, did something called the Cavalcade of Stars, 
and I got to work a few of those for him. Awesome. Awesome uh, career High Lit had, and uh, awesome legacy he he leaves. Now you are still singing, you're still recording, you're still doing television, you're you're still doing all these wonderful things. Um, what are you doing now? What are you recording now? And how might we be able to find some of the, your uh, music? Well, all they have to do is go to YouTube. And they can download it from Amazon, CD Baby, uh, Spotify, any of those places. And they can also go to LarryChanceOnTheEarls.com, or they can pick up T-shirts or just get to know all about us, read about us. Um, they can also acquire music there. September 23rd, we have a new single coming out, a duet with myself and Billy Vera. Bowie and I have been friends for 60 years. Wow. We're finally getting to record together. That's so I'm beautiful. excited about that. And uh, the Earls have a new album coming out called uh, Rare or Unreleased, Volume 3. And also Larry Chance solo jazz album, second one. Wow. We'd love to be able to play that in between commercials and whatnot. I was going to ask you, your song, I believe, you've dedicated that many times, even on PBS specials, but you did successfully go through a health scare that you were able to successfully come through. And I wanted to ask you, um, when you're going and facing something uh, that's challenging to your health and whatnot, how do you stay, um, you say, focused? How do you stay positive? Because that must have been a t very tough time. Well, I've had two serious illnesses. I, I have a dissection of the aorta, which is more than 95% fatal, and I survived that. But, um, you know, to, to find out that I had throat cancer on my vocal cords. Wow. And then to, to go in and have them shave it down. And then I had 37 zaps of radiation right on the vocal cords. And but I knew I'd be back, and um, I think a lot of it had to do with desire and belief. I just believed I'd be back, and I wanted it so badly. And uh, I believe in, in in God, and I, I prayed, and thanks be to God, here I am, still doing it, doing what I love. You know that, and that is beautiful. Yeah, I wanted to take these last few minutes of the interview um, to give you the floor to talk about uh, your career and some of the highlights and, and whatnot that uh, stand out. I know that some of the Earls are no longer with us, but I, I know you've had some really great times over the years and some highlights. And, and you just mentioned Jocko Henderson and, and uh, other people that, you know, really need to be known today. Uh, and not only the, the broadcasting, but the, the music uh, genre. Who was your, your favorite singer as a kid? Who who did you look to, and or not look to emulate, but just admire, and people you've admired over the years? Who are some of these people? Jackie Wilson, uh, probably the most exciting performer I ever worked with, and, and one of the nicest people. Benny King was uh, just one of my idols, and... and what a sweetheart, and um, there were so many. You know, I, I used to go to the Apollo often, the Apollo Theater with, with the guys, um, and we'd go and see the Flamingos and the Moonglows, 
and, and later for these people to become my peers and my friends, it was like a gift from God. These were the people I idolized, and now we're buddies, you know. How can you wow. beat that? I, it's just incredible. I am so fortunate, so lucky. I really am truly, truly happy, and, and, and it's just been a wonderful life. And I, and I ain't done yet. Amen. <laughs> Amen, amen. And I'm, we're glad that you're not. You know, you've got an incredible voice, and you've been able to use it really well. Um, do you see anything today, um, music-wise or otherwise, that um, you actually like and or, um, you know, or follow? Uh, to be brutally honest, no. I, I don't particularly care for rap. Uh, I know every generation has their own music. I don't understand today's music, but, you know, I'm sure the kids that are listening understand it and love it, but I, 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 I don't get it. It's, you know, the lyrics sometimes, uh, is not becoming to women, uh, I, I think it, it's, it's degrading to women much of it. Also, um, I think when they talk about with the police and, and uh, I, I, I don't get it. I don't know. It's probably um, a not only a moral issue um, before music. You know, you're talking about love songs. You know, you're talking about uh, um, positive messages in music during the time that you came along, um, courting girls and, and guys being guys. Uh, it was a different time. And there's some of that music today, some, you know, not quite as much, but uh, we're glad that we have the classics like you all, because the classics in some form shape, if you listen to a John Legend or any of these people today, even a Bruno Mars, who's a throwback, he is... Bruno, I love, I, you know, Bruno's dad was a doo-wop singer. And Bruno yeah. does, uh, on most of his albums, will do at least one doo-wop song. And of course, I, I you know I, I admire people like Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey. Uh, these people are, are genuine singers. But I'm talking about an overall. If you right. have to judge the music overall, I don't care for today's music. But it's certainly there were standout uh, artists, of course. John Legend being one of them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you so much for your insight. We really appreciate this. And again, you say that we can find you on YouTube and your music yes, will YouTube. Be on all this. Mm-hmm. com. YouTube. We have a fan club page on Facebook, Larry Chance on the Earls fan club. And uh, we try to put a lot of interesting things there. And uh, I think people would enjoy looking at it. Awesome. Thanks so much for being with me. And I've admired your voice. I, I watched the PBS specials, and that's where I first was like, wow, this guy, is, he can really, really stand, man. He sings. And, um, you know, because uh, your music was actually well before me, but I do love the vo- vocals in, in music. That, that stands out for me across the board. Well, thank you so much for having me. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And um, I hope you get to see us live one day. 
Oh, I'd love to do that. And then I'll probably go to your, your website. My goal is to meet many of the people before you as little Anthony. I want to see many more people uh, perform. Uh, this music needs to continue. Anthony also has a new album out. So, uh, yes. uh, you know, we keep going. We're like the Ever-Ready Bunnies. Of doing yes, up. indeed. <laughs> <laughs> and, yes, keep doing what you're doing. We admire and we love you. You're welcome back anytime you have something new that you want to share with us. Thank you so much, and God bless. Well, thank you, darling, and thanks for having me. Amen. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Building Abundant Success with Sabrina Marie. Copyright September 19th, 2022. Stay tuned.